המגרסה. from the other side of the globe, or maybe it's the same side, depends on where you are. I'm Yuval, and you're listening to the Cutting Edges podcast. That's with an S, podcast. The podcast that makes the sense in the world of mess, which we like to call the world of web series. We are coming to you almost, but not quite, live but edited from the Middle East, though it feels like Europe. We're on Apple Podcasts, but still free to all. We are doing it short with all its double meanings, and we are here to talk to the point, so let's get to it. Today, we will talk about the 2015 web series, Tube Heads. Tube Heads is a VFX cultural referencing puppet satire that presents different sketches and uniquely insane versions of characters which we all know from our day-to-day life or from the media which we consume. Axel and Henning Rieke are siblings and the creators of this wonderful show. They run a production company called Lumatic Film from Cologne, Germany, and their work seems awesome. So, it's wonderful to have you guys here. Let's hear your voice, Axel. Yeah, it's uh, great that you have us. Thank you. Wonderful. And Hennig, let's hear your voice. It's also great that you have us. <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay, guys. So, let's start from the top. I would like you guys to tell me a little bit about yourself and what have you been up to until you started creating online content. Oh, well... <laughs> That means going back quite a bit because we started uh, creating online content rather early. You know, to give a short background, in our company, I'm the producer. Henning is the art director, director, VFX artist. We both are uh, writers, so we uh, write our own material. And I, after studying history and philosophy, uh, come from a background of TV producing. I worked as a TV producer for nine years before I founded the company uh, with Henning. And um, so I, I also have the more traditional approach to the whole serious issue. Yeah. Uh, I studied at film school and uh, did all this 3D animation and VFX stuff. Uh, first of all, as a hobby parallelly and uh, then... Uh, did it professionally as well. Well, the whole filming stuff started back when we were kids at school already. So that's what Axel meant when he said we started off quite early. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of experience with you. <laughs> Depends on what kind of experience, but yeah. <laughs> well, every experience is a good experience as long as it brings you to where you want, I think. So let's yeah. get to our next question. So tell us, because you wrote me when we did the research, when I did the research for this interview, you wrote... The story of how you actually started or about your first steps in the world of online content, I think it's an awesome story. So tell us about it. How was it and how did you start creating for the web? Well, I guess it's back in the days when the internet was young. <laughs> in 2003, I guess. Wow. Yeah, before YouTube, way before YouTube. Mm-hmm. It was the time where Matrix 1 has been to the cinemas and Matrix 2 was about to come and everybody was expecting it. And we were big fans of the original movie and there was a lot of speculations about, okay, how was, was the Matrix uh, franchise going to continue? There were no trailers online or anything, but everybody knew that Matrix 2 was about to come. And in exactly... This period, we got the idea of, hey, let's make a funny spoof fake trailer of how we thought Matrix 2 could go on. 
and that was called Matrix XP. And it was really just a fun hobby project for us back then. It was, we were both uh, not professional uh, filmmakers at that point. Henning was still in film school. I was still uh, at university studying history and philosophy and um, working on my master's thesis. So that was just a project for us and a couple of friends of us uh, that we did uh, in our spare time. No. Mm -hmm. But we, we made it. It was about three minutes, right? Yeah, about. And um, then we came up with this idea, oh, well, maybe we just, you know, put it on a website because... For uh, download, because streaming was no option back then. So mm -hmm. really, you had to download the file and send it by email or whatever if you wanted to share it. Yeah, so yeah. we got the URL matrixxp.com and we uploaded it and put a couple of pictures of our shoot on there and... And then we showed it to our friends and thought that was about it. And two days later, we were getting a letter from the uh, legal department of Warner Brothers. Wow. Threatening uh -oh. us to sue, sue us if we would ever make any money from this movie. Wow. Which nowadays we knew they actually didn't have the right to do that because it was a parody and we didn't use any real IP. We did our own graphics, we did our own music, uh, we did all the acting, uh, so there was nothing that we really stole from The Matrix. It was just the, f the feel and the idea, and Matrix is not a copyright uh, trademark. trademark, so um, they, they didn't have a stand, leg to stand on, but we were kids basically then, so we had no idea and we were really frightened. So we took down all the ads and, and we had a, a little shop set up where you could buy T-shirts and we took that down. But the, 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 for some reason, the film caught on. And one week after we put it online, our provider kicked us out because we crashed their servers. Wow. Okay. And uh, then we, we managed to get a server at the university um, where they uh, had enough bandwidth. And so it went up back up again. And we were getting letters from all over the world and people asking if they could put it on, you know, back then, com computer gaming uh, magazines, printed magazines, not online magazines, had these DVDs that they shipped with them. Mm -hmm. And they, put, they wanted to put this film on there. And so suddenly we had uh, um, computer uh, magazines from Romania and the US and Great Britain and... I, all over the place that had our little movie on them and that that way it spread and people started showing it to each other on LAN parties and well, to make the uh, long story short up today uh, we counted 59 million downloads until we had to take down the page because it wasn't safe anymore mm -hmm. and we ha have a, a uh, we actually got a call from the Wachowski brothers. Well, then they were still brothers. Um, <laughs> no, <just> yeah. <clears throat> uh, actually, not from them personally, but from their assistant, just saying, well, well they asked me to call you and tell you that uh, the guys laughed their balls off. <laughs> but pathetically, you know, they laughed their balls off. Now, now we know what that actually meant. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that gives it a new interpretation with our perspective of time. Yeah, so, so that, was, that was really something. And that was about a year where this video went absolutely crazy and uh, all over the place and up to today. We, uh, we meet people that uh, when we tell the story, say, oh, 
that was you I saw it that was funny I remember mm -hmm. this movie and so yeah that was our first experience with, with online content we were never able to actually repeat it <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> so you started with a great sensation actually it sounds like you know some sort of um of an early story of a video getting viral in the days where it was very 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 rare yeah exactly definitely yeah so that's a crazy crazy story so basically you did this video and it got this massive massive attention from all around the world um and next you i'm assuming you've done a few more other stuff but we will focus on the main um show that we're going to talk about today which is tube head so Tell us, how did you come up with this crazy idea for a cultural referencing VFX satire? And is your recipe, is a good recipe for web series? Well, um, well, it's, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's start at the beginning. Okay. How did we come up with the idea? Yeah. Ever since we were kids, we had, we had a little box that we carry around with us. With us. Uh, and whenever we have some funny ideas, some gags, some some sketches, sketches, stuff like that. we write it on a piece of paper and put it in this box for later use. Mm -hmm. And this box had been filled up quite a bit, and we have had always thought about, oh well, at some point we want to do something with all this funny material, um, but we could never really find a format where we could actually do this because there were a lot of film references uh, in it uh, some some very vfx heavy stuff um, crazy locations that you just couldn't afford if you uh, would you, produce you, it normally you would have needed hundreds of characters uh, so there was no option of doing it with, with actors and so this box basically sat there and uh, and we never did anything with it well until <laughs> we um, went to a a 48-hour short film festival, uh, which is in, in the, our region, uh, which is something we, we did a couple of years ago, um, every now and then when we got the time. Uh, so it's, it's a festival where uh, it's a content, actu a contest, sorry, uh, actually where um, several filmmakers compete with each other. Um, I guess the concept, many people know it, just uh, so you, you have 48 hours to come up with an idea and produce a short film. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, of course, a jury and the audience will decide uh, which uh, which uh, film is the winner. And uh, you get a, a genre and a title, which you have to, to use. And in this particular year, we had a cool genre, but a horrible combination. <laughs> which was The genre was Western, mm -hmm. and the title was I Won't Be Back Until uh, the 10th of November and Will Not Answer Any Emails. <laughs> that was the title. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we were God. just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Come on, you can never do anything with that. Even the, the genre Western. I mean, we're in Germany, you know, you, you can't shoot a Western in Germany. It looks like crap. <laughs> we, we don't have any locations that even remotely resemble anything that you could use in a Western. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, we brainstormed and thought, okay, well, what could we do? What could we do? And uh, finally we decided, okay, if you want to do it, you have to go really trashy. I mean, like really, really trashy, but do it straight. And uh, we got out our old Playmobil figures from uh, the basement of our parents. Mm -hmm. and put them in front of the big TV screen where we, uh, we showed some, some Western scenarios and we built a, a whole little Western town and everything and we played those figures with, um, with our hands and stuff. And it was, uh, we we went, made a ca kind of 
Cowboys and Aliens spoof bullshit uh, uh, short film, which was quite fun. And we thought, okay, this was trashy, but actually, if you want to to tell really weird stories, you know, this this puppetry kind of format is, is something that actually works. You can tell a whole different kind of stuff this way. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how we, we uh, came up with the idea, okay, we should think about that. And then it took still over a year of experimentation uh, with uh, different uh, kinds of, of, of puppets, uh, how it could look like, until we uh, came up with the uh, design and idea for the tube heads as such. Uh, I guess Axel can tell something about it because he uh, did most of the experimentation. experimentation with the puppets. The the, the experimentation is really not that interesting. It, it just went down a couple of really uh, weird roads from from sock puppets to to um, Barbie dolls that I used. That that all looked like shit. This all, uh, the the one important thing is that one of the guys that did this forty eight uh, hour film challenge with us was actually a professional puppeteer and puppet theater maker. Mm-hmm. I, I knew him from, from university. We had studied philosophy together. He was a very good friend of another friend of ours who is uh, part of our crea- creators team. And so we had somebody with real expertise in the field of puppetry. And we locked ourselves up in his little apartment uh, in the backwoods of Germany mm-hmm. for a weekend with a huge amount of uh, um, foam rubber and fleece and started building and started trying out stuff. And at some point, we came up with this uh, very simple setup of a puppet that's basically a tube, that's what they're called, tube heads, that you can change by simply adding different eyes, different noses, different hair pieces, uh, different teeth, and... turn them into all kinds of different characters, which in the end turned out to be very important that we did it this way because we have over 300 characters in the whole series. And if we had to build 300 puppets, that would have been absolutely impossible. So what we have is 30 basic puppets that we can uh, change into all the other characters. All right. That's quite a, quite a backstory. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. And how did you get to the theme of the show? Because the, the, the theme is very, it's funny. It's very critical towards general society and about current events. And it uses the combination of the VFX, the humor, the puppets is very interesting. It's very specific. So when I described this show in the beginning of this interview, so I was intentionally using a lot of words to describe it because it doesn't really fit into the classic satire it's not exactly a puppet show and it's not exactly what you would expect from a, a show that is that has vfx in her title so how did you come up with that specific combination and do you think that this combination has is, is a good combination is it interesting is it allow you to express everything that you want in the best way so as many people as possible will watch it uh, actually i guess this style is really Very specifically, uh, it, it developed because of our own interests and our own capabilities. Because uh, the whole VFX stuff and uh, computer animation, that's what we did for years. It's, um, that, that's what we, we know and what we love doing. And funny stuff is just what we like. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, as Axel already mentioned, we, we, um, we've been collecting ideas for, for, for sketches and, and funny situations for years now because we just like it. And 
we are film nerds and uh, so naturally we love to spoof stuff and especially films that we like personally so it's, it's just really a, a project where we put everything in that we wanted to do <laughs> just yeah. basically mm -hmm. um, and by the way the, the style the, the style uh, the combination of the puppets and the digital backgrounds was just perfect for that mm -hmm. because as we mentioned you couldn't do this as a normal production you know with actors with actors and and costumes and many different locations and all that it, it would completely go out of the budget but uh since we got the uh, uh, the possibility of creating many, many, many different characters and even film characters and also put them in any surrounding that we liked. We had really complete creative freedom, which is, I guess, what makes the whole stories that we tell different from, uh, let's say, a, a normal sketch comedy, which is also always... Um, restricted. Yeah, restricted. And usually uh, sketch comedy is playing in a surrounding where you, that you can afford. So you have sketches in, I don't know, an office or uh, a cafe or locations uh, that you can get somehow, uh, which makes the stories themselves more ordinary, <laughs> I would mm -hmm. say. Concerning the, the, the style of, you know, of, of humor and the, the references to society and so on, it might have something to do with the fact that uh, three of the four creators knew each other from uh, f studying philosophy at university. <laughs> that, okay. that was just, just happened. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very deep, of course. <laughs> no, A lot of thought behind yeah. it, but <laughs> this is yeah, <laughs> All right, guys. So that sounds wonderful. So I, I want to ask you the next question, which is a little uh, on, a, on a little different aspect of your creation for the web. So the show got quite a few awards in different uh, web fests, such as Berlin, Bilbao, International Online Web Fest on Film Miami. And I'm sure there's a few others that I'm missing here, uh, which is amazing because it's basically saying that some people watched your show, thought it was awesome and, and it was so awesome in their perspective, that they gave it an award. But when I look at the episodes of your show on YouTube, which is, I'm assuming, the main platform on which you distribute it worldwide, unless I'm wrong, um, so you basically get around 40... I think that the top viewed episodes are usually around 45K views, and mm -hmm. the rest of the videos are around 15K. Now, what I, I'm interested in asking you is, what do you think is the reason for this relatively low amount of views and how does that correlate with the festival recognition that you received? Well, I think this is actually a problem that uh, many web series seem to have, uh, at least the ones that are on YouTube. You don't find them because the YouTube algorithm does not favor web series. The YouTube algorithm f uh, favors stuff that is regularly uploaded, that has a certain length, and that has uh, a steady stream of new material coming in every day, every two days. With the, the web series, you can just, uh, at least if you do it like, like we did, uh, and um, every five-minute episode took us about six weeks to finish, you cannot uphold a steady flow of new material to the channel. And so this, the, the algorithm doesn't uh, show it on the best of lists, on the new lists. And you have to be, you, people only find you if, they, if you are referenced by other people. So this is why YouTube is probably 
not a good place for web series. On the other hand, plus we have the problem, it's, it's, it's German humor, <laughs> which okay. in itself is, well, let's just say it, we are not well worldwide renowned for our humor. <laughs> It's a matter of taste, um, if you ask me, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on, on almost all the, the international festivals, we had at least uh, somebody coming up to us and say, you're the first funny Germans we ever met. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, I guess. <laughs> but, um, the, the, the web series festivals are different in, in that respect, as there are, there are people that are actually looking for that material, that are interested in web series, that take the time to watch your stuff and you're not uh, relying on some, some uh, algorithm to uh, suggest stuff to you. So that's why we must say we are, the Tubeheads are doing better uh, on, on the festival circuits than they do on YouTube. Still, um, if you compare it to many other excellent web series, we do have around about 10,000 subscribers which mm -hmm. for a web series is actually quite a lot. But of course, in, in YouTube measurements, That's if you com compare it to vlogs and stuff like that, it's really not that much. Yeah. yeah. So that's the that's problem with YouTube there. Mm -hmm. And for the future, uh, we will probably not upload uh, any uh, new web series directly on YouTube. Really? Do you have like an other alternative, a specific one? Or do you generally say it... While as a conclusion from what you just described, yeah, that's 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 basically the conclusion. Uh, the the whole thing, the whole web series for us was an experiment. When we started it, we didn't even know that something like web series or web series festivals existed. We were thinking we were starting we would be starting a YouTube channel, which was a big thing in in the mid two thousands, uh, fourteen, fifteen years. It didn't work out obviously but that was because we simply went on it with a false pretense we uh, with the, the wrong um set mindset we were yeah. thinking we're starting a channel but a channel needs constant flow of content what we did was a web series and for web series there are other platforms that work better uh plus uh things have changed since um 2015 there is a, a small market emerging there are people buying web series uh, nowadays it's all not really a lot of money going around but the content is recognized as some sort of having some sort of value and so in the future we would uh, certainly try to put the web series on on a platform that actually pays for it because the the uh, the ad revenue from youtube is just a joke i mean that was really we could you know, invite the team for, for pizza from what we made from that. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> Interesting uh, thought that I just had while you were talking is, do you think you will live your web series on YouTube or do you think you will ever take it off or there's no reason to take it off the off YouTube? The, the YouTube channel is the home of the tube heads and we do have a small but very dedicated fan base. I think they would really take it bad if you took, took it down we uh, did have some talks with um distributors uh, that wanted the rights for certain world regions and asked us to geoblock mm -hmm. we don't have any problem with that but in germany i think we would leave it on youtube and uh, you know just feed the community every now and then so that they don't forget about us mm -hmm. my next question is about the future of web creators so 
from your experience, from the experience that you've had and the feedback that you got, festivals, Wachevsky brothers slash sisters, um, all the things that you've gone through and you learned, if you are, if you have the ability to talk to web creators around the world and give them your advice about how they should approach their art today in order to succeed, what do you think they should do? Get a decent job. <laughs> <laughs> Find a real job. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 I think the basic question is how do you define success in the world of web series? And uh, there are different roads to go. And one thing that I see, have seen in the, over the last couple of years is the success stories are usually working in a, uh, this, uh, in a way that people produce their web series, usually with very little money, and then get discovered by platforms or TV stations, or their format is bought and adapted. That is probably the only way, way how you could make a serious amount of money with a web series. If, you, if your format gets adapted, Uh, by Netflix or Amazon or whatever. But um, this is not the only way to define success. Um, there are web series creators that have been doing ongoing series for five to six seasons now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a, have a fan base and they win a lot of awards and people recognize them and enjoy their material. Still, they're not earning any money from it, but uh, they can do creatively what they love. There are no restrictions from any network, platform, whatever. So they can, you know, as artists, do what they love. And this also is success. But also, um, I guess we, we need to, to talk about branded content. I mean, this is still an option you can if you're very lucky find financiers working with with agencies or whatever and actually doing let's say an ad campaign in form of a web series this doesn't need to be a bad thing and i mean it completely depends on what it's about and that Mm -hmm. could of course be something uh that gets financed in the beginning and is something you could make a living off but it's it's been done But not very often until now. But uh, in, Germ- think, in Germany, I think. Yes, uh, uh, but I, I think it's it's getting more because people are just very much um, heading in the direction of watching serialized content in general. I mean, Netflix and stuff like that. It's just changing the viewing habits of people, and this is also something to be considered. But yeah. it's, it, of course, it needs to be something that you want to do because then, of course you will be forced to make compromises and uh, deal with clients and stuff like that. But it's still something that needs to be mentioned, I think. Okay. So what will you say to that young aspiring web creator who's listening to our podcast if he or she wants to succeed? What's the best way of making it or, or having some sort of satisfaction? Or like, what, what are the practical things or as practical as possible that people well, can do in order to get there? I think the most important thing to have is a network of collaborators that you can work with because usually you don't have the money to pay a team. You, you, you are lucky if you have the money to rent some equipment and maybe some prop, buy some props or something. So if you have people that 
you can share your vision with and that uh, that are motivated to to do whatever you you have in mind this is the most important thing and you will not get anywhere without a team uh, that supports you and stands behind you. Tupads were created by, you know, four people, Daniel Rabold, um, Mike Evers, the, the puppeteer, Henning and myself. We had a team of, of two visual effects artists, a uh, composer, editor. A, an editor, uh, somebody who, who had the props, somebody who made the costumes and nobody got really well paid. So they were in it because they loved the puppets and they loved the concept and um, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. But I think this is the most important thing. Get people that you can get on board and then do your stuff. Sounds like a good, like a, a right thing to have in order to succeed. Okay. So what do you think lies in the future for web series? What is going to happen with it? Is it going to explode? Is it going to fade out? Is it going to remain a niche the same way as it is, or maybe something completely different from the options that I just raised? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. And we've been discussing this over the last couple of years at the web series festivals with a lot of people. Last year, everybody was sure that with Black Pills and Canal Plus in the market, there would be a huge explosion of uh, highly uh, um, budgeted web series now both of them have to, uh, have to have to close their doors and now everybody everybody is saying ah, i'm not sure if this web series market is coming at the same time um there are more and more platforms popping up that um say well pe- the, the the viewing habits of people tend towards their mobile phones so we need content for mobile phones that can be watched uh while waiting for a bus so it has to be short and this of course would mean web series or digital short-form content, as we like to call it nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and again, example, that, that was a long definition. Yeah. Uh, and for example, um, one thing that is emerging internationally is that many network and telephone companies start building up their own video portals. Everybody's, of course, looking at Netflix and Amazon and thinking like, oh, we want to have that as well. But I guess, well, they have a big head start. But still, everywhere, uh, those companies are starting to, to build up their own platforms. And everybody knows if you want to get people to your platform, you need exclusive content, stuff that nobody else has. And this can be a big chance. Because, I mean, Netflix and Amazon are really like big fish and it's really, really, really hard to, to even get their attention in any way. But they won't be the only ones and there will be many more coming. I mean, the big players like, like Apple and Disney are coming. Everybody knows that. But there's a lot more stuff like that happening in a little bit smaller sizes. And -hmm. this brings a lot of opportunities, but not yet, but it's just happening right now so in the near future i guess there will be uh, a lot of new opportunities coming up that will get the whole web series thing a lot more interesting i think definitely sounds like it's going to be much more interesting all right (laughs) and for concluding this wonderful interview with you guys do you have any message you want to send out to the world something you want to be heard on earth and in space or wherever people are listening (laughs) to us for God's sake, get yourself together, people. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> we have unleashed all of the tube head figures now in this podcast. Yeah, well. 
be fucking nice to each other. Damn it. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, guys. If there's anything else, if there's not anything else that you want to add, it was really, really great to have you guys with us. It was really interesting and funny and fun. I think you had quite a few conclusions and thoughts about this world of web series, um, which are very interesting. I think that everyone who will listen to our podcast could definitely learn. Um, so I just want to tell you, great, great, great pleasure again to have you. And thank you very much for being with us. And have a wonderful day. Thank, Thank you. you very much.